Hey, I'm Bobby Hundreds, and you're listening to This Is Not A Podcast, my first podcast centered around my book, This Is Not A T-Shirt, which is now available. Every episode, I'll highlight a central theme from one of the book's chapters, and then bring in a friend of mine who best illustrates the lesson. Today's show is special because I'm opening up a conversation that I've safeguarded since February of 2018, when I interviewed the rapper Nipsey Hussle for a piece on our website entitled At Conflict With The World. I sat in the passenger seat of Nipsey's car, what he referred to as his office, and recorded our conversation with my phone, so excuse the poor sound quality. We talked at great length about the power of community and commitments. Although we have completely different come-up stories and exist in two distinct universes, Nipsey and I always recognized how parallel our philosophies were around business, social relationships, perseverance, and the marathon of life. I've been through every emotion with this shit. I'd actually interviewed Nipsey several years before, and this was an anniversary of sorts, as he was to drop his big album, Victory Lap, just a few days later. He liked to park his car in that first space in the parking lot. He had a clearer view of the goings-on around the shop, including friends and fans and any nosy officers. A little more than a year later, Nipsey Hussle would be senselessly murdered in that exact same spot we recorded this conversation. It's especially nonsensical because Nipsey was fiercely loyal to his neighborhood. As he grew in fame and financial wealth, he refused to abandon his community. On the contrary, he doubled down on the hood. Nipsey invested in real estate around his store. He worked with the city and local business owners to improve their ecosystem. He was a beacon of hope for the youth. This is what I grieve over the most. Nipsey wasn't just an advocate or activist. He wasn't merely a face or representative. He was a leader and king. And so, in the spirit of preserving Nip's legacy and vision for a better and stronger Los Angeles, here's our full conversation on that afternoon. Unedited, raw and truthful in a fashion that only a great and wonderful man like Nipsey Hussle could offer. You are really one of my favorite artists for the music and also for the philosophy and like who you are as a person. Nah, that's love, bro. Because at first I, I just reflected the area right. in my art. I just was a mirror to what was going on to the culture of the area. Right. And then after a while it became, what's your contribution? And my contribution was that philosophy, yeah. you know what I mean? And just giving my story a context outside of just gang banging and street understanding, but more so like this is a story of perseverance and endurance. And yeah. that's where the marathon conversation started up, where it was like, you know, you know, to the college athlete, you can relate to Nipsey Hussle because you on your marathon to the, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Single mom that ain't even in a, a city where banging take place. You're not going to quit. You're going to stay committed to yeah. fashion designer, to the skater, to whatever. It's, sure. it's, it, it relates because if you go a layer deeper, we all getting tested and we all running out of stamina and we all, you know what uh -huh. I mean, all uh -huh. pushing our limits. And so it's going to be a step after that also. And it'll all play toward a big picture vision. God willing, we get to execute it. Yeah. I don't know. It's really inspiring. I, I just feel like I, I, we're always rooting for you in your corner. I'm always personally rooting for you. Like, I'm always liking the videos. I'm like... You know, I'm like, like no, a fan. I, I see it. I see you it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fan. Shit, man, I see it. You know? And it's to me, you know, what make it dope is that 
you know, I got, I still got pictures from our when we drove through in the yeah. small bins on Hyde Park at the donut shop, and yeah. I got the hundreds uh, rag on. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. you know, you tapped in early, and you was, you was an early. And even the article you did on me was dope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that was this one will be better, trust. Nah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's an evolution. But I just remember, you know, one of my one of my discrepancies was that it's like, damn man, I want them to receive me as an artist. I don't right. want them to just receive me as a gang member and just have some street shit. And yeah. I remember that you was one of the first journalists yeah. that you know got into the art and into the actual or the value outside of just, oh, that's some rolling 60. And not to diminish the, the reality of things, sure. but I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a lot of layers to this story. Yeah. And, you know, I, I appreciate it how you tapped into a different perspective of the value. Yeah. And I was one of the first steps in that direction. I even told my photographers and everybody, I'm like, man, look, start taking pictures of me with my daughter, bro. Mm -hmm. Take pictures of me with, like, I don't got to throw the hood up on every picture. We don't have to just regurgitate that part of the story. Sure. Give them the full spectrum so that it's like some human shit going on. Because yeah. in reality, it's not one dimensional. Can you talk about the importance of your community? I know you talk about this all the time, but I always find these parallels between how I am and what I do and like what you're doing. Yep. You know, we kind of, I mean, we're a mainstream brand, but I do, I feel like we are kind of the underdog still in a way where we just really care about curating this community. Like I, I don't mind like bringing in all these extra people from the outside and getting big on a mainstream level and like random strangers buying it. But I really care about like constantly curating this niche audience over and over again. Like I just need, I don't need a bazillion people. I just need like a thousand people kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. it's gotten us this far. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're the same. Yeah, of yeah. course. I think, I think when I just think about being fans of things, yeah. whether it's artists or whether it's brands, clothing lines, um, just movements in general, I feel like the, the reason that I connect, I always get upset when they stray away from those reasons. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's very important to maintain integrity in the, in the origin. And, that's so awesome. You know, if people can understand it without yeah. us trying to, like, appease new audience or create new discovery, if we could just do really be focused on what we believe in mm -hmm. and let the people that have connected be our evangelists that go spread it and bring it to other people. Yeah. I think that's the perfect scenario. And I'm, I, my experience with that is yeah. as a fan of things mm -hmm. and just even with your brand, with other brands that I'm a fan of, it's like, you know, you can read the messaging. You, yeah. can, you, you know what I mean? You, you can kind of pick up on the intention behind every move. So uh -huh. when the intention is like, are we trying to get bigger? You right. always you always disappoint your core. Yeah. But when the intention is like we're trying to continuously deliver on what the value is and what the what the what the promise is and what made us dope. Yeah. I think it just becomes really, really authentic and consistent. And yeah. something happens like an invisible line get crossed where your people riding with you forever. And they're like, nah, fuck that. I'm with this dude. I'm, I'm a part of this. And yeah. they're never going to, you, you can kind of, your fans can assume and, and damn near vouch for what you would never do. Yeah. And you stay true to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, it's a, it, I would assume it's a challenging thing because everybody has an ambition to be the biggest that they can be. I would yeah. assume, but I think how you go about getting there is elusive. Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, what we assume mm -hmm. are the steps to get bigger sometimes aren't. I think that being consistent and being, you know, concise with what you're doing and mm -hmm. being very specific and being very focused 
is really what creates a situation that lasts 30 years or last 50 years. So what what happened in the last five years since I saw you? Man, um, a, a, a lot of music. Primarily, yeah. that's been my main focus has been being a recording artist. Yeah. Um, you know, the team really uh, zeroed in and got focused, you know, around the vision, which, you know, we talked about it downtown at your spot a long time ago. It was like, yeah, you know, we really want to um, put our foot in the, you know, the, the retail space and then develop a line. Yeah. So the team really, really mobilized around that and, and was just really, really aggressive. My brother, uh, my homeboy, Fats, my, my god brother, Adam. Yeah. And the team that just worked work with them, um, they just got real serious about it. And obviously, you know, we opened a new store up, and that was one of the visions we had. We dropped a project called Crenshaw that kind of, um, you know, was, was very well received, mm-hmm. um, just like critically. And then, like, Jay-Z was involved in the narrative of it by just supporting it. The release method was unorthodox. We charged 100 for it. And, um that just kind of catapulted us to another level of recognition. And so it, it empowered the, the store. Yeah. That, that was the, that was the, we went on tour. You know what I mean? We, we did was really, everything to funnel back into the store. Was that the purpose of it all? That was the goal. We had the okay. vision for the store before we had the resources to do it. Okay. And so at the Crenshaw, um, we was able to really just, like you said, funnel all the resources back into really, really making the, the store come alive and the, the division behind that and just investing in the brand even more. It was a big picture, man, to all of this shit. And what's, what's dope to me is that, you know, we, we taking steps toward executing it. It's, it's, it's a lot of steps. It's not just a one-pronged thing. But yeah. overall, the big picture vision is becoming more and more clear yeah. to, to, the, to the world. Because, again, like, it exists in my mind and, and amongst the team internally, but... At a point, you start saying your goals, and it's like, bro, slow down. Do one thing at a time, bro. Of course, we all want to change the world. And yeah, okay, cool. But what's your tangible plan? Yeah. And the first part was to represent as an authentic voice from this area. Yeah. That was step one, you know what I mean? And right. that, that came with an upside and a downside, you know right. what I mean? The police fucking with us, people pigeonholing me, maybe artistically. But that was step one, to make sure that it was clear that this is an authentic representation of the area. Yeah. Right. right and then right, from right, there, right. it doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. And I think like step two was to, to redefine the core. What is my contribution? Yeah. So, uh, the police right there, but I got, that's why I got my handicap sign in my hand. Oh my God. I swear you like that. Oh yeah. I went to jail more than I count at this parking lot. Still to this day. Are you serious? I promise you. I promise. My brother went to jail for twice. like everything you've done for this neighborhood. They don't. They don't see it like that. You know what I mean? They didn't. They. They know that. You know, I was. I was involved in gang shit over here. So they. They got that image of me at the top of their mind. No matter what I do. Yeah. On a positive level. You know they. They. They got. They've. They've married themselves to that image. And so. You know, I know it's a it's a matter of time and it's just a matter of like years of, of consistency that they finally gonna just fall back. And they I ain't gonna lie, they've yeah. been a lot less aggressive with me just based on they like that's Nipsey, he's a rapper, we know how he gets his money, he not into no drug shit, he ain't breaking no laws. But you know, I don't even take it personal, honestly, bro, no more. It's just like right. we ain't gonna give him no no reason. And right. If it's one of them days where they gonna take me for no reason, it's cool, bro. I got bail, I got a good lawyer, we'd be out in a couple hours. Yeah. So what is 
your trajectory in music. I feel like all culture, fashion, music, art keeps skewing younger, younger. Like, there's always this momentum to, like, oh, well, what is a 14-year-old kid into right now? Which is weird to me in a way. Right. Because I'm like, where did we get so obsessed with, like, what really young kids care about? You know, like, I feel like we don't even really come into our own understand our medium until we're, like, 30. Right. You know, so... Um, I guess for your sake, in terms of relevancy, like this is something we always have to think about. I'm 15 years in the game. Mm-hmm. Streetwear, like brands don't last more than two years. So 15, I'm like a grandfather. Mm-hmm. I'm like the OG. And I'm like, dude, I'm just getting started. Right. How do you navigate that? Like this question of relevancy. I got a playlist I did for Spotify, right? And mm-hmm. it was like the songs that inspired Victory Lap. And, you know, it was like one of the songs off Sugar Free first album. Mm-hmm. And then it was like an Adele record and a Tracy Chapman record and a you know, classic Jay-Z and classic. Them songs is timeless. They don't have ex- expiration dates. You know what I mean? And I was a kid when they came out and I felt them. Like, yeah. in terms of the Tracy Chapman record, I was a kid, but I could I could receive the greatness of that record. So I think that, you know, there's different ways of approaching music. But if you approach music from a perspective of trying to create outside of the trend or outside of the it approach and you more so think about human beings and you know capturing an emotion and capturing a reality and creating a musical version of this thing Mm -hmm. i think that you kind of aren't subject to the expiration dates i think if you choose to play that Uh, game you you will be i think it's always an opportunity to capture the, the reality of the moment and you know your ego gonna have to be in the right space. You gonna have to handle the fear and the the the, the doubt that all human beings, you know, yeah. exist with. You gotta you gotta manage that the right way to not be influenced so much that you step outside of the reality. And I think the same with fashion and all things. Like if you go at it from a level of like just quality, and we wanna we wanna create a dope pair of jeans or like a, just something that yeah, you know you can something. add to your wardrobe yes. instead of like riding a wave. Then I think you're not subject to the to the short window because you never played that game. And, you know, um, I'm conscious of it, but I wouldn't. I think the worst thing you could do is 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 be like fraud now here. Not to say that I'm comfortable or that I don't have pressure on this release. But when I think about it, it's like, bro, whatever happened is a win. So just make dope music uh, and tell the truth. I got to make a Nipsey Hustle album. And I, I, I sat with that, like, what is a Nipsey Hustle album? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mindset I made this new album in, to just kind of, like, honor the fan base. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So is, like, is the music the marketing vehicle for the brand, really? Is that kind of, like, how you look at it? Um, I mean, to me, I think that they're two separate narratives. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they overlap just because, you know, for multiple reasons, you yeah. know? And I think what what fuels the value of the, of the brand is the narrative of the story of like what Nipsey Hussle is, what Crenshaw Slauson is, what actually took place in this parking lot. I think that's a big part of the value of the brand, but yeah. I, I would like eventually the brand to exist outside of what I do. As outside of you. Yeah. yeah. How realistic is that? I know the reality of it is it's always going to exist in people's mind as Nipsey Hussle's clothing line, the Crenshaw thing. Right. But, um, we want to make steps to where, you know, people that just are fans of fashion and just fans of, like, yeah. dope products, you know yeah. what I mean, could, could get engaged, even if they're not necessarily a fan of the music or even into hip-hop. I would want us to be able to exist in a space where um, we mm-hmm. making the right moves that people that just love dope shit, 
dope clothes and, you know what I mean, dope products and dope stories and dope retail can appreciate what we're doing. Where did this all come from? The entrepreneurial sense, like that resilience, the grit, your understanding of like life with the metaphor of a marathon, like, is that your dad? Is that just like the, the neighborhood, like growing up? Like, did you read something growing up? You know, like, what was it? No, I think it's a combination of all them things, I think, bro. But I think um, if I was, if I would narrow it down to one quality, I think it was like realizing that, wait a minute, you know, there's two, there's two re- realities. There's the reality of mm-hmm. what you, what you got going on inside of you mm-hmm. and your, all your guts and your hunches and your, what you think is possible maybe. Yeah. And then there's the reality of what exists already in the world and, and you know, as young people from South Central LA, that's, that's contrary to what I thought I could do. That's, yeah. that's in total opposition to what I, my internal, you know, assumption was. Yeah. But I read something that was really powerful to me and it was like, you know, would you rather be at conflict with the world and at peace with yourself mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. at peace with the world and at mm-hmm. conflict with yourself? Uh, and I would rather be at conflict with the world yeah and at peace with myself you know what i mean and yeah. i took that as like fuck that I'm, I'm i might be crazy i might be completely radical and wrong and left of center fuck it i'm gonna be at peace with myself just going for what i what, what my guts and my hunches are now if i let the world's view of what is acceptable and what's expected of me dictate and i let that water get in my boat you know, yeah. I, I would be at war with myself. Yeah. And, you know, I would be, uh, it would be a nice, comfortable seat I, I, I'd be sitting in, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel like myself. And Are there ever moments where you just want to stop and do something completely different? I, for sure, bro. I would be lying if I said I didn't think like that at times. Yeah. And I think anybody who says that they haven't, they're not telling the truth. They're not mm-hmm. being honest. But I think what it boils down to is that, we got to find ways to stay inspired mm-hmm. or else we, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm ever not inspired, I won't do it. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not just going to milk the game off. Like, I got a name and I got fans. I don't ever want to turn into that person. Mm-hmm. So I just always had to fight for my inspiration. Mm-hmm. We'll go out of town to get a studio. We'll listen to all the music that's out. We'll go do collaborative songs with other people. Yeah. You know, we'll do a ton of shit to try to stay inspired. And, and at moments when we lose inspiration, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been gaps in between my releases because I wasn't inspired at times. And I didn't have the I didn't have enough music that inspired me when I heard it to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something out right now. Yeah. So I just sat in, until I could adjust my perspective and be like, I know what angle I can take mm-hmm. to be, you know, inspired by the process. And hopefully the product will inspire me after I do it. But I think that's the main source of, of the great shit is to be inspired, is to yeah. be like excited about being at the office or at the studio. Like, oh, I can't wait till they hear this shit and not just here because it's what I do. Like, all right, I make right. music, so I'm in the studio and um, here's the beat. I mean, nah, that's when we, I think we lose it. Yeah. And it's a discipline on one level to just stay productive. Yeah. But think that in order to really, really, you know, have a have a career. Yeah. We got to fight to stay inspired. Yeah, you know what I mean. And gotta fight to stay inspired. I like that. Yeah, because it's not it's not natural to be inspired seven days a week. Right. You right. know what I mean. Life right. happens. You know your brain sometimes gets to working, and you know mm. we human beings, and you know what I mean. I think that that's why we love and we and we respect what E40 did, what Too Short did, what Jay Z did, what mm. Nas did. 
what Snoop Dogg did. They dudes got a twenty year careers. They had a grit, right? You know what I mean? And yeah. we can look at moments when we like, I don't really love this album like that. Yeah. But they got through it and they kept going. And, right, right. You know, they they got back to where it's like my boy back, he in his box yeah. again, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And honestly that's one of the reasons why uh-huh. I call my shit a marathon because it's like right. as a marathon runner, you your knees would be getting ready to go out, your wind will be <laughs> low. But it's like just finish. Just just keep pushing. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna catch your second win. And they gonna respect that you finished your marathon. You know yeah. what I mean? I've been through every emotion with this shit, and I, I I know I speak for everybody that's ever done anything like that they considered challenging or that was like massive or that was radical. I know that I'm not an isolated scenario, and so I know what you went through without knowing the full story because I, I know the I know the process. Right, right. And the process is like you know it it'll drive you borderline insane. It'll, it'll make people think you crazy. It'll make you think you crazy. It'll challenge all your relationships. It'll isolate you. And yeah. then when you break through, you'll be like, oh, man, yeah. I'm glad I ain't fold because this shit yeah. definitely thinking I was tripping. Yeah. And that's why it's so emotional and so powerful yes. when we make our breakthroughs. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Man, so. But then we become testimonies. People mm-hmm. can look at Bobby Hundreds and be like, well, shit. You know, I know the story. And mm-hmm. I remember reading this and, and knowing that he was going through this and he pushed through it. So, fuck it, I'm going through that right now. And it becomes valuable for other people, you know? Damn. And so it's like, yeah. you know, we it's almost like your parents make sacrifices for their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you make sacrifices for the next for generation kids, yeah. and, and yeah. the next, you know, uh, creatives and artists that's coming up. Because what's the what's the... What's the reward for all this stress? The money's one thing. That's cool, but that don't that don't fix nothing, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Like what 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 is the reward for all of this pressure you put yourself under, all of this stress, all of this burden that's on your back? It's that you know you push the you push the boundary further for the next creative to come through and he can reference you now. As I come into my clarity of like finishing another project, because mm-hmm. this project really challenged me, you know what I'm saying? This one was a tough one for me. I think it was tough because I put so much uh, intention into making it my best work that it was challenging. But getting getting it done and now being out in the world again with the with the project done and getting ready to come out, I see the the like the beauty of going through that wormhole again. So that that's that's really dope to me that I got to I got to what's the word evolve into into like my second phase. And, yeah. And um, like I'll tell you this, I put everything into it. You know, like I've never been mm. as present in none of my releases and it's never been so much of me really? in anything I ever put out. So, you know, I'm excited about that, man. Like whatever it does, business wise and all that, it's you know all, you gave it your man, hundred. I put everything into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it'll always be a representation of me yeah. forever. You know, it's so it's the stories that's on the yeah. album, you know, I'm I'm proud of it, man. And that's why when I finished it, I'm like, damn man, like I was, I felt successful as soon as we finished the last mix, and we was like, "Yeah, we done." Yeah, I'm like, "Damn, I can't believe we done that." Like, it's finished. We, you know, we we got it done. And from here, it's just been like, you know, trying to be creative with how we inform the world about it. But mm-hmm. as a product, I'm super proud of it, bro. Super. Thank you for listening to my interview with Nipsey Hussle, the tenth episode of This Is Not a Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I urge you to go listen to the rest of the season and buy my first book, a memoir entitled This Is Not a T-Shirt, about how my lifelong search for belonging led me to building a global streetwear brand that in turn became my community. 
Available on Amazon at Barnes & Noble, your local booksellers, and the hundreds now. Thank you. <laughs>